I'm John Carter in Moscow, in Havana, Cuba. Now in Kiev, the capital of Ukraine. I'm John Carter in Petra, right here in communist China, reporting from India. Hi, I'm John Carter in the Solomon Islands. I'm John Carter in Soweto, from El Salvador. I'm John Carter in Sydney, Australia. My heroes and what they taught me. A personal message from John Carter. Hi friend, I'm John Carter. Welcome to the Carter Report. This is part two of this tremendous program on heroes and what they taught me. I was telling you folks a few moments ago about the Soviet Union and the terrible things that happened to believers in the days of the Soviet Union. I've been to Russia 49 times. In the Soviet Union, this is true, tens of millions of believers and dissidents died in the Soviet Union. You can read about this in the Gallic Archipelago by that other great hero, Alexander Solzhenitsyn, a great Christian, great hero, like Paul the Prisoner. Now, in the first segment, I told you about Paul the Prisoner, who did some translation work for me. He was thrown into one of these hell holes. His teeth fell out. Uh, they put him in this refrigerator cell. They'd freeze him. Then they'd warm him up, beat him. You know why? They did it for one reason, my friend, because this man would not inform, like others did, on the church members. He was a man of courage and a man of great integrity. I, I'm just overwhelmed when I think of some of these great friends of mine. Then there was the pastor from Chernobyl. Oh, God bless his soul. Chernobyl, it was an awful meltdown caused by great criminality and great uh, ineptitude, but it also showed great courage. We saw children who were the product of the meltdown at Chernobyl. Beverly visited the orphanages where she saw not just healthy little children, but she saw lots of poor little deformed babies. The product of the meltdown that occurred on April 26, 1986, there were many heroes that day. The firemen, thank God for the firemen. They went in there and they fought the flames, no protective clothing. They had to clean up huge concrete blocks of radioactive material. The pilots who flew the helicopters that dropped the concrete on the reactor. Now, all of this, of course, was covered up by the communists. And sometime later, we started up the meetings in Kiev. And there we saw the glory of God. I have never seen anything quite like it. We had this tremendous auditorium. We had tens of thousands coming to the meetings. At one stage, we had an, a crowd of 100,000 people standing outside because they were so, so hungry for God. And one night there came a busload of people from the area of Chernobyl from this hellhole. I met there a gaunt young pastor. He was so skinny. He looked so unwell. And he was bringing his people every night because the people, unlike us, were hungry for God. I said to him, why are you staying there? This is going to kill you, young man. Don't you know this is going to kill you? He said, listen to these words. He said, I cannot leave my people. 
He said, I cannot leave my people. I am their pastor. I don't know his name, but he's an unsung hero. God knows his name. If the Bible were written today, he would be in Hebrews chapter 11. In Hebrews 11, it talks about so great a cloud of witnesses. You know, I've seen and I've met some of the greatest people on the face of this earth. And they have touched my life. Then there was the police captain in the city of Kiev. The meetings were so successful that the minister of religion for the government ordered that the meetings be closed down. I was brought to town hall and threatened and interrogated. They said to me, you're ordered to close down the meetings. I said one word that I knew very well, yet, no, we're not going to do it. They said, you've got to do it. I said, no, that was one word they hadn't heard before. They hadn't had a pastor to say to them in their faces, no, no, no. What, you, what don't you understand about that? But we could not hold meetings without a police presence. That was the law. So the minister of religion ordered the police to stop protecting us and to withdraw. So they did. Therefore, we were going to be forced out of the city, out of Ukraine. Then Pastor Mergar, watch the first part of this program. Pastor Mergar and his team took to the streets. They found a police captain from outside the city. He said, I've heard about these meetings. I will bring my officers and we will patrol the meetings. I don't know his name, but he was a hero. He put his life on the line for us. Under God, he helped to save the meetings that resulted in thousands of souls being baptized. I wish I could tell you his name, but I can't because he's one of God's great heroes, along with Pastor Murgar and Mrs. Murgar. Uh, we received messages from overseas telling us to get home and to close down the meetings. We said to them, Niet, Niet, no. What don't you understand about no? We will not forsake Christ. Now, these people over there in Russia and Ukraine who stood up against the authorities were the real heroes. Their names are recorded in history along with the director of the Kiev Palace of Sport. He was given an ultimatum by the government, closed down Carter's meetings. He said, no. He said, I like listening to him. He's blessing my soul. The meetings will continue. At the risk of life and limb, he said no. He had courage. I wish I knew his name. I don't. But I want to tell you something. God knows it. He's one of God's unsung heroes. God has got a big family, my friend. Another one of my heroes, Dr. Julia Ukana, sister of Dr. Boris Nemtsov, who was murdered not long ago. I met her, my friend, in the governor's palace. The governor had invited me to the Kremlin, and I was talking to the governor and explaining to him the truths of the Bible. And Danny Shelton was there standing with me to support me. Thank God. I had some supporters. And then I had this big bunch of letters showing them to the governor. And we took the letter off the top and we started to read it. And the governor said, he went white. He said, that's my sister. That's Julia. And just then there was a knocking on the door in the palace. And in came Julia. 
God is great. And Julia told how she had found Christ at the meetings and how she had become baptized. Now she is the director of 3ABN in Russia. Under God, Danny Shelton built the largest Protestant evangelistic meeting, the largest Protestant building in all of Russia. It was built not by the church organization, but by a bunch of lay people who had caught the vision. Three Angels Broadcasting Network Cultural Center, and Julia is the director. And there she's putting out great television programs. They're being broadcast. We can't do it anymore, but it's being broadcast across Russia. It is having a powerful impact for Christ. Boris Nemtsov's sister, a defender of freedom, a lady with courage. Now, recently she's been in hospital, but her faith and courage remain steadfast and true. She's one of God's heroes. She is one of God's unsung heroes. We are proud of her. Look at Hebrews 11, 29, 30, 32. Look at this text. Going to read it to you. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians attempting to do so were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. What more shall I say? Time will not, will fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, and Samson, and Jephthah, also David, Samuel, and the prophets. Listen to me. With God, you can do the impossible. Where's your faith? People say, oh, it can't happen anymore. My friend, where's your faith? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And this lady, this Russian lady, Julia, she's got faith, steadfast, courageous, and true. Like the old pastor in St. Petersburg. This is one of the great stories. We ran a great citywide campaign in St. Petersburg in this great auditorium, biggest hall in town. That's why we hired it. Uh, it had been called Leningrad. Dr. Julia has a PhD from Leningrad University. I visited uh, Leningrad uh, around December 1994 at the urgent request of the Christians there. One evening, I sat uh, with a group of pastors and I was eating food with them, breaking bread with the Russian brothers and sisters. They gave me pancakes also, the best pancakes you'll ever taste anywhere in the world with real cream. But we won't talk about that now because those pancakes are not real good for you, but they taste great. I was sitting beside an old pastor. He told me the story. It went back to about 1938 when communism had, its, had, its, had the nation by the throat, and Christians especially. He told how his father was taken away by the KGB. I never saw him again, even though every day they would take, they would take gifts and they, they'd take food so they could keep these people alive. But that night, the communists seized 30,000 dissidents, pastors, intellectuals, doctors, philosophers, scientists, and they dug a great big pit and they threw into that pit still alive 30,000 dissidents. Have you ever been a dissident, my friend? Have you ever thought for yourself? Have you ever, ever stood up against the tyranny of the crowd? Have you ever stood up against unjust authority? 
In America, we believe in freedom of speech and freedom of religion and freedom to think differently. We are not called uh, to simply go along with the crowd. Did you know this? That conformity produces mediocrity. And so these people were thrown into the pit and then they were shot to death. And then the son took the father's place. It was the son to whom I was speaking. He told me of this story. He said, please come and preach the word of God. He is one of God's unsung heroes. So is his wife. The Bible says the world was not worthy of them. It says that in Hebrews 11. No one knows about them. You're not going to read about these people on Uh, in the newspapers or anything else. You're not going to see them on television, but their names are written down in glory. They're forgotten, unrecognized, unacknowledged. But let me tell you something. When Jesus comes, they're going to shine like the stars forever and ever. They are the people who count. Because of their integrity, honesty, courage, That's what I learned from these people. What about you? Are you just going along with the crowd or are you standing up for the truth? Then there was the pastor in Siberia. Now this is a great story. We hired a whole carriage or a whole car on the Trans-Siberian Express. They painted it in the colors of Russia for us. And we had this whole carriage or car to ourselves and we took a team right across Russia in the middle of winter, from Moscow to Vladivostok, in places minus 40. And every time we came to a town or a city or a hamlet, when the train stopped, we got out and set up a big PA system and we had thousands of Bibles, tens of thousands of audio tapes, medicines. And the people had been told beforehand, the Carter team is coming. And so they were there to meet us. And I'd be preaching at 2 in the morning, 4 in the morning, 6 in the morning, minus, minus 40, and meeting some of the best people on the face of the earth, heroes for God. You see, hardship makes heroes. Hardship makes heroes. A soft lifestyle makes soft people. But then we got to one big town. There's no one there, not a soul. So we looked around, no one there. Hey, they couldn't have got the message. Then we saw a lonely figure standing by himself. My team, one of the Russians, ran up to him and said, mm-hmm, talked in Russian. Yeah, I'm the pastor. Where's the church? He said, we got the time mixed up apparently. I've been standing here for 24 hours and the church members, when nighttime came, they went home. <laughs> I don't know his name, but he was a hero. He stood there on the railway track for 24 hours. We gave him Bibles. We hugged him. We gave him medicines. We gave him the tapes. We hugged him and blessed him in the name of God. We prayed with him. I don't know his name, but what a pastor. What a soldier. What a hero. His name is written down in glory. The Bible says of whom the world was not worthy. Hear what I'm telling you, folks? The Bible says of whom the world was not worthy. The world was not worthy of these people. The world was not worthy of of Paul the prisoner. The world was not worthy of Pastor and Mrs. Murgar and Pastor Kulikov 
these people who were beaten up and threatened and persecuted for their faith. And then other people, you know, I've met so many of them. These, these people of courage and integrity who were thrown into prison. You think of Paul the prisoner, put in this refrigerator cell, frozen up and then warmed up, frozen up, warmed up. You know why? Because he wouldn't inform on his brothers and his sisters. That's why. Because he had courage. Of whom the world was not worthy. What have I learned from these heroes? I've learned, my friend, uh, I've learned this. That the darker the night, the brighter the stars. And that God is sufficient for all of our trials and our tribulations. Now, Paul, the prisoner now is working for prisoners. There are lots of prisoners still in the Russian system. He's there working for the prisoners. You've got all sorts of diseases in those places. He goes there because he's a man. I'm going to tell you now about the old Chinese pastor. Now, this is quite an amazing story. A little while back, I had the privilege of speaking to the pastors from the inland of China. I was invited to go to Hong Kong. These were the people that I had the privilege of meeting. Some of the Carter Report team came with me. Wow. You know, folks, we're sort of living in a bubble here. When you tell people uh, in this part of the world and in Australia about these heroes, they look at you uh, uh, dumbfounded. They, they, you know, they, they're just not taking it in. They can't understand it. You see, these people know what it is to suffer for Christ. I met these young women there uh, who are looking after big churches, tens of thousands of people. An old pastor there told me the story. I'm going to share it a bit with you. The old pastor told me about the communist. When I say the old pastor, he's about my age, I guess. <laughs> the old pastor told me about the communist revolution under Mao Dung. You know what's one big problem we have in America and other places like Australia today? People don't know anything about history. They, they're completely dumb on history. When you talk about Mao Tong and the great leap forward and the great revolution that happened in China, they, they look at you as though you're crazy because they just don't know any. Don't they teach these things in the schools anymore? When you talk about, when I tell people about Stalin and, the, the, and Lenin and the terrible things that the atheists and the communists did, People today, how can they support communism? How can they support atheism when we know what atheism did? It killed tens of millions. No, no, no. When I was in Russia after the collapse of the Soviet Union, some scholars there told me the communists in Russia had killed at least 70 million people. You see, the death of God always leads to the death of man. In America today, God is dying in some places. And you can see what's happening. You can see what's happening. The crime. The terrible things that are happening. And in China, well, those people there, like Mao Tung, 
They followed Stalin. Yeah. Mao, as he's called, and the communist hordes murdered 45 million people within a few years. Hey, 45 million? That's more than everybody in California being killed. It's like two Australias being killed in a few years. Thousands, tens of thousands every day, just murdering them. That's what atheism does. When you get away from God, it's hell and hell and hell. In those days, when people were starving to death because of the policies of this rotten, evil government, if a child, a little child, stole a potato, the penalty was that the parents had to tie him up and throw him into a pond and watch him drown. The little kids starving to death. Other parents were forced to bury their children alive. Listen, let's be plain about this. Let's not be foolish about this. Let's get the facts about this. The death of God always leads to the death of man. Somebody said God died in the 19th century and man died in the 20th century with the deaths of millions thanks to Darwinism and uh, the teachings of Nietzsche. But that's another subject. You need to read up on these things. Listen. So this pastor I'm talking about was arrested for preaching. Wasn't getting paid, but he still kept preaching. A preacher will keep on preaching whether he's paid or not. That's how you can tell the difference. He was thrown in prison for 10 years. He told me the story, the starvation, the beatings. Where would he sleep? On concrete, sometimes out in the rain. The floggings, the beatings. Why? Because he followed Christ. In his mind, he had the texts of the Bible. What about you? And so when they were trying to interrogate him and brainwash him, he was recalling the texts of the Bible. With God, we can do all things. Then he was released after 10 years and sent to an indoctrination prison for another 10 years. He said it was worse because the beatings got worse. More readings from the little red book of Batsitong. But he kept praying and recalling the text of the Bible. After 20 years, he was released. He's a hero. Look at Hebrews 11, 32 to 34. Hebrews 11, 32 to 34. What more shall I say for the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to fight the armies of the aliens. With God's help, you can do the impossible and you can be a hero for God. Will you believe it? I ask you. And so that's the story of that pastor, the Chinese pastor. Goodness me. God is his heroes today. We may not know them. They may be unrecognized, but their reward will be great. I was tremendously moved when I met these people, the pastors, the men, the ladies, caring for tens of thousands of souls, all God's heroes of whom the world is not worthy today. 
They may be unrecognized and unrewarded, but I want you to know something about it. God knows about it. That's what counts, you know. You may say, you know, I'm not recognized by the church. Well, who cares? As long as God recognizes you. I'm not recognized by the government. Who cares? As long as Christ knows about you. And nothing is lost and nothing is forgotten. So what are some lessons I can learn from my heroes? Well, there's grace for every trial. Grace, grace, great grace. Amazing grace. Out of great tribulation comes great strength. When the fire is hot, the steel is refined. One of the reasons we've got so much weakness today among men and women and all of us is because we don't know what tribulation is. We've become a weak people. God has his secret heroes, both men and women. And the darker the night, the brighter they shine. God's greatest heroes, I guess, or some of them are still to come. Time of test does not make us weak or strong, remember that. It doesn't make us brave or cowardly, good or bad. It just reveals what we are. And I want you to know a great, listen to me, a great time of test is coming to America and to the world. We are living in the age of the apocalypse. You better believe it, my friend. But God will have his heroes. What do we need? Well, we need a genuine experience with Christ. We need to read our Bibles every day. You say, I find it hard. Well, just try a bit harder. Read the word. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone. Read the word. We need to escape man-made religion with all its palaver, all its talk. And I want you to know this, listen to this, with Christ, we become invincible. He is all we need, my friend. I need nothing else. As Martin Luther said, all man needs is Jesus Christ. And when I'm by myself and I'm forsaken by friends and everybody else, and this happens to all of us on occasions, I want you to know this. All man needs is Jesus Christ and his word. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone. And by God's grace, you, my brother, and you, my sister, you can be a hero for God. And the most important thing is this. God will know. Amen. God created his people in different cultures, countries, and in cities around the world. He made the human race. He made us one people under God. At first, when you see someone that looks and acts differently than you, you may turn away, but take your time. Look closer. You will see that we share the same dreams, the same troubles, 
the same world. Open your minds and hearts to one another. Love each other as he loves us. Do this for God. Honor his creation and let his love shine through each one of us. For a copy of today's program, please contact us at P.O. Box 1900, Thousand Oaks, California, 91358. Or in Australia, contact us at P.O. Box 861, Terrigal, New South Wales, 2260. This program is made possible through the generous support of viewers like you. We thank you for your continued support. May God richly bless you.